Hey everybody, this is Pastor Cor Chavis. Thank you so much for checking us out today at Truth Chapel's podcast. If this word has blessed your spirit or encouraged you, take a moment and leave us a quick review. Also, check us out at truth-chapel.com or any of our social media outlets, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. God bless, and I pray you enjoy. chapter 11, and I want to read from Luke 11. I'll begin reading in verse 1. I'll read a few scriptures, and then you can be seated for the lesson today. Luke 11, chapter 1, uh, Luke, Luke chapter 11, verse 1. When you have it, just shout amen. Verse 1 says, And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, Teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. Amen. I want to talk to you this morning on this subject, teach us to pray. We talked about prayer would be a key to the revival that we would have this year at Truth Chapel, not only uh, as a church, but also individually. And so today I want to teach to you a little bit about praying. Amen. May God and his blessing to the word today, and you may be seated in his presence. I want to say, uh, first of all, ab- about prayer, and if you, if you have uh, a notebook and you're, and, and you're taking some notes today, uh, that would be excellent for you, not for me, for you. Um, what I want to say about prayer to start this lesson this morning is that, and I've said this before, but I, I want to say it again, that prayer is not quantifiable. Uh, meaning you cannot um, add prayer into an equation and get the same thing every time. Prayer, uh, there's really no rhyme, reason, or equation to prayer. Like you can't say, well, this, this kind of prayer gets you this, and this kind of prayer gets you that. Or this long of a prayer will cause this to happen. Or this short of a prayer will cause this to happen. It's not quantifiable. We see this through the Bible. And many, many times in the word of God, many, many times in the Bible, uh, we, we have instances of people praying. And, and what I want to point out to you is almost every example of prayer is different in the Bible. Literally every example of prayer is different. We, we hardly ever see anybody pray the same way that someone else did. So the first thing I want to let you know is that prayer is individual. How you pray is how you pray. And you shouldn't pray like me or like anyone else. Prayer is communication. And I, you, I communicate differently than you communicate. I speak differently than you speak. I talk differently than you talk. You talk differently than me and other people. And so I'm I'm not trying to be like you when I pray. And I'm not trying to be like anybody else when I pray. My prayer is my communication between me and God. It is unique to me. And we have good biblical precedence for this. I'm not just making this up to make you feel better about yourself. We have good biblical precedence that almost every 
prayer in the Bible, almost every example of prayer in the Bible is completely unique from each other. Even within the same people or persons. We, we, we know that Elijah prayed uh, 60-something words and fire fell from heaven. But we also know that he prayed seven times in a row to get rain to fall from heaven. And there were some times that he didn't even pray at all. He just blessed it. Or in a moment, he just said, Lord, have your way. And God did great, miraculous things through those prayers. We see Jesus praying in small quantities of time where he would go off and pray. We also see him at the end of his life praying for three hours straight that we know of. It, it wasn't always the same. It wasn't that Jesus would always pray three hours. It was just in this moment, for the example that we have, he prayed three hours. Hannah prayed a bitter prayer. First Samuel tells us that Hannah was bitter in her spirit and she prayed. That you can pray while you're bitter. You can pray while you're angry. You can pray while you're mad. That there's nothing that can stop you from praying. You can, you can pray while you're disappointed. You can pray hurting. You can pray happy or sad. That prayer is really not quantifiable. That we can't say, well, I have to be doing this to pray. Or I got to be this way to pray. Or this needs to be the conditions of, of prayer. And I, I'm a firm believer in having a, a, a time of prayer. I'm a firm believer in having a prayer closet. I'm a firm believer in, you know, setting the mood for your prayer, praying with a little music. All those things are great. We believe all those things. However, that doesn't make it the right way. It makes it a way, your way. I don't think that there's a right way or a wrong way to pray if you're praying correctly. Jesus would tell us, and I'll read some here in a little bit about how to pray and most of his instruction to his disciples, uh, small instruction on how to and then many instructions on what not to do while you're praying, uh, how not to pray. And, you know, sometimes the greatest lessons are not lessons of what to do, but they are lessons of what not to do. Greatest examples sometimes are watch this and don't do this, see this and don't do that. That we see the examples in the word of God, many, many of them, just small stories in the Bible, but all of them are different. And, 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 and I believe that, that the Lord does this so that we don't make a tradition out of times or schedules or events, that we don't make tradition out of things that God considered communication. Me, me and my wife, we talk through the day. We communicate through the day. I don't know how she would be okay with me saying, hey, listen, I, we're only talking from 7 to 8 a.m. Do not speak to me for the rest of the day. Or like, you know, when we got married, I was like, listen, you know, this is going to be a great marriage. It's going to be fantastic. However, we, we can only talk from 5 a.m. to 6 a.m., and then that's it. Like, this is, a, this is a tradition with me and my family. We only speak during these times. And, and I believe that God set these things in place for us to get examples to see there, there is no right time. There is no wrong time. Paul, Paul says, I, I pray without ceasing. God will ask the church in, 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 in the book of Revelation that the church would, for the church to pray without ceasing. That the church itself would make, 
make intercession without ceasing. They would pray without ceasing. They would continue to communicate, continue to talk, to continue to keep an open line to heaven all the time. And if you don't think that you can pray without ceasing, you can. It's just like a muscle. If you don't use it, it's going to atrophy. But if you do use it, it'll gain strength, and you'll be able to do more the next time and more the next time, and you'll, and you'll create habits in your life. We, we, we talk a lot in this culture about habit generation and habit creation. And uh, if you ever want to read a couple of really great books, uh, the first one is called The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg one of my favorite books, and it's not really a spiritual book, but it's a great book on developing personal habits and uh, corporational habits is really what the book's written about. Very good book. And then there's a kind of a part two to that written by a completely different person, but who was inspired by that book to write another book. It's called Atomic Habits by a man by the name of James Clear. And so those two books are really good books to, to help understand the power of, of, of habit, building structure into your life developing things that you do all the time no matter what. We are creatures of habit. We're creatures of habit. And if you don't believe you're a creature of habit, um, how many times have you been driving home from work and just pulling your driveway and don't even remember? You're just like, how did I get here? Like, I don't, I don't even remember taking a turn. Because you're a creature of habit. You're, you've done that drive so many times that you don't have to think about it really you're there, but you're not there. You can think about something totally different, but still be doing this, that thing that your, your body and your mind is conditioned to do. We are creatures of habit. You can develop a habit of praying. You can develop a habit of praying all day long, of continually talking to the Lord here and there, asking God things, asking him for, asking him about. The key to praying is, is this, is that, uh, we see it in, in the scripture and, and we, we sometimes we gloss over it and sometimes it's, it's misinterpreted. And, and I, I heard it misinterpreted recently uh, where someone said that the, the disciples said to Jesus, Jesus, teach us how to pray. And that's not right. That's not what they said. It's not in your Bible. Because they didn't say teach us how to pray. They said teach us to pray. There was no how in it. They didn't say, teach us how to pray. They said, Lord, teach us to pray. Not how to, just teach us to pray. It wasn't necessarily a how as it was, a Lord, just teach us to pray. Teach us to pray when we're busy. Teach us to pray when our lives are crazy. Teach us to pray. Show us what it's like to pray. Now, Jesus will teach many times how to pray, in different ways, what not to do, what to do. And even in the scripture in Luke 11, he gives them instruction on how to pray. But their question was, teach us to pray. And I think that sometimes we get so caught up in the how that we're not even actually doing the action. You know, you know a bad prayer is still prayer. <laughs> and, you know, we say this in our culture, but we, we, we struggle with it at prayer time, that there's the only dumb question is what? The question not asked, right? So, so the only bad prayer is the prayer not prayed. Like, you, you could ask God anything as long as you're talking to him. Like, Hannah was bitter, 
And she talked to, the Bible says in 1 Samuel that she spoke to the Lord out of the abundance of her complaint. Meaning that when she went to God, she, all, all she was doing was complaining. She was just complaining. Hannah was a Karen, and she wanted to see the manager. And she was just complaining. But she got a miracle because at least she was talking. Some of us get mad, disappointed, bitter, broken, and we don't say nothing. You know, we get, we get so upset that the situation is what it is, and God's not doing what we think God should do, and we just, we just we shut up. We, we do this to people as well. That, you know, we, I, I, me and you disagree, so my best thing for me to do with you is just not talk to you at all. Avoid you. Don't speak at all. We, we, we do this to our husbands. We do this to our wives, our friends, our families, people in the church. We just, we, we clam up, be, be, you know, because we just want to avoid it so we don't speak at all. Well, when you're upset at life, that's what we do to God. It's just better not to say anything at all. If I don't have something good to say, don't say nothing at all. Well, that may work for, for me and you, but it doesn't work for God. Because even when David was so upset and so disappointed at God's refusal to talk to him or speak to him, he wrote it down. He said, Lord, why is it that when I get in trouble, I can't find you? He made it clear. At least he was talking. Lisa was communicating. He said, Lord, I, I cried so much last night that my bed swam. Tears filled up my room. And in the middle of that, you weren't here. I couldn't feel you. And, and we would say, well, man, that, that's crazy. Why, why would he say that? Well, at least he's saying something. At least he's talking. You see, prayer is not quantifiable. You, you might go to the Lord and, and have all the these and the thous and the thuses and the, the thithers and the thithers and the witherfores and the, the, fort, the, uh, you know, the, the, the foreshadowings and the foretolds. And the, you can pray as nice as you want to pray and God might not say anything. But, but you could go and just say, Lord, I am fed up, tired. I, I've had it up to here and I'm just mad. And God will go, about time. And God has answered you or put peace in your heart or touch your mind, touch your spirit, touch the situation because it's, it's just communication. We, we have, um, we have over spiritualized prayer and, and we've made it, uh, you know, like, like we've, we've sensationalized it. We've made it so spooky. You know, I'm not trying to be Merlin. I'm not trying, some of y'all don't know who that is, but don't worry about it. I'm not trying to be a wizard or a warlock. I'm not trying to always engage in spiritual warfare, which that's a thing, and we need to do it. But my daily prayer is not some crazy, spooky, stir the cauldron. No, it's just, it's just talking. It's talking to my God, my Father, who actually has been waiting on the line to hear my voice. He wants to talk to me. He wants to hear me. He wants to 
answer. He wants to open the door. He wants to, he, he, he wants to give me what I need. He, he does. And so you have to start somewhere. Start with something. If you're not praying at all, you're not, you're not really, you don't have a prayer life at all, five minutes is, is great. You know, but if you've been praying for the you know, last several years, 30 minutes every morning, and it's getting boring and mundane, and, and, and you're just tired of it, do something different. Say something different. Look around. Get you a prayer chart. Pray the tabernacle. Uh, we used to have the prayer wheel. How many remember the prayer wheel? That if you prayed every, everything in the prayer wheel for like two minutes, it, when you got done, it would be an hour. Y'all remember the prayer wheel? I want to get the prayer wheel for some of y'all. And it's all, you know, you just find a, a prayer group that, that'll help you think about things to pray. There's no, there's no right or wrong way, but you have to start somewhere. You see, listen, God doesn't respond. So we need to write this down. God doesn't respond to skill. He responds to sincerity. Right? Like, like, God doesn't care if you're a really super great prayer. He ain't judging no way. What he cares about is, are you a sincere prayer? He responds to the sincerity of your heart. He's not really worried about the skill level of your, of your praying ability. So, oh, this guy's way better than these guys over here. Oh, man, that guy, I don't even want to pray now, man, because that guy's such a good prayer. That's how we think. We reward on the concept of skill. That's what we do. God rewards on the concept of sincerity. If you're, if you're true in your spirit, in your heart, God cannot turn away from you. He, he wants to speak to you. He's, listen, he died so that he can have communion with you. I doubt he's hiding his face from you. I doubt he's running and hiding. I doubt that he's just turning a deaf ear. Now, he very well could be testing you. And he could know what you need more than you know what you need. Because he's sitting over here with a whole list of things you need, and all you keep doing is praying about things you want. And he's like, well, if I give you the things you want, it's going to jeopardize the things you need. And so I just, like, this is for your good. I'm just not going to answer you right now. I, I can't answer you because you're not really getting it. If I gave you everything you asked for, listen, I've been alive long enough to know that if God gave me everything that I've asked for over the period of my life, I would be a mess right now. Lord, thank you for not doing that. And I prayed so hard, like a fool. I was trying to get trapped. Didn't even know it. I was trying to ruin my life. Didn't even know it. I was praying so hard, so fervently, believing that God would do it. And God was like, man, I see the sincerity of your heart, but you don't know what I know. Oh, hallelujah. Sometimes we get so frustrated with God, but God, God sees all. He knows all. He's in all. He's through all. And, and he knows better than you know what you need. And so some prayers might not get answered Either because it's not 
what you need or it's not the season for that to happen in your life. It's not the season for that to happen. We, we live in such, a, in, in such a quick environment. Our culture is so now, 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 now. We want it our way right away. And, and prayer is not rubbing a lamp and getting three wishes from a genie. But prayer is a consistent communication relationship builder between you and God. And we want everything so fast that if God delays at all, we somehow believe that God doesn't hear, God doesn't listen. But he will answer the prayer in time if it's supposed to happen. Yeah. And so there's a few scriptures that I want to read here before I'm finished today. Um, he says in, in Luke 11, in our reading today, they said, Lord, teach us to pray, even as uh, John taught his disciples. And he said unto them, when you pray, say, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done as in heaven, so in earth. And forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. This was his response to their question, Lord, teach us to pray. This was his response to them. So, number one, I believe that if you say this prayer verbatim, that you're going to be blessed for it because it's the only place in the Bible where Jesus gives us what, what to say. When you pray, say this. So you can't go wrong here. Let me, and, and, and let me just clear some air here. This is not the sinner's prayer. There is not a sinner's prayer in your Bible. That's made up. It doesn't exist. It's not in this book nowhere. There's no place in this book where there's a sinner's prayer that you can pray, and when you're done praying it, you're saved. That's made up by religion. It's not in the Bible. Amen? This is the Lord's prayer. It's different. Not, not saying this is the Lord's prayer. This is how the Lord taught us how to pray. This was his advice. He said, say this. And it wasn't advice, it was instruction. Say this, say these things. So, so we can say the exact words, but we can also look into the dynamic of the scripture and we can also see the system here. Like there's a system of prayer here. Here's the system. The system is worship. I'm going to begin my prayer with worship. And worship is not so much about what God did as it is who God is. Because our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. There's a, there's a lot of stuff in there. Number one is deity, it's position, it's placement, and it's also relational. Our Father, that says something. Father, then say, our Master. It says our Father. That's, that's relational. That's son, father, daughter, father. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That's, so, so I should begin my prayer with, with worship. I should start by giving him his right place. I should start by giving him his right attribute. I should start by telling him how awesome he is. I should, I should stroke his ego. 
well, I just don't believe in all that. Well, listen, if you're a woman in this room and you're married to a man, a real man, not no metro man, a real honest to God man, if you're married to a man, then you know how to get what you want. And you get it by making sure he knows how awesome he is. And if you didn't know that, now you know. I just blessed you. You can pay me later for that. You can get anything out of that man by telling him how great he is, what a great father he is, what a great provider he is, what a great listener he is, what a great husband he is. You just keep on telling him how great he is, pretty soon he'll be like, well, now what can I get, get for you? What do you need? If you ain't told your man how great he is lately, mm, I'm going to tell you right now, that man is empty. Hear, hear the word of the Lord today. That man was made in the image of God. And here, here's, here's how God wants us to approach him. You're so good. Man, you're, you're so awesome. I, I, I just thank you to, for providing for me. I thank you for being my father. I thank you. That, that man was made in his image and he has the male attribute of God in him. And when we come to God, we have to come to him the same way. Lord, you're my father. You're in heaven. And your name is amazing. Turns the sins of the world into dust. Relieves the brokenhearted. You hallowed be that holy. Holy, holy are you, Lord. He said, that's how you start. He said, then you submit. Lord, whatever your will is, let it be that way right here. I, I submit to you today. So I should begin my prayer with worship and submission. I'm submitting to whatever God wants to do in my life. This is a, a moment of submission where I am letting go of my will, my desire, my design for today. And I'm saying, Lord, whatever you want from me today, let it happen. I submit to whatever your plan is here on earth. Then we can ask for daily provision. Notice we haven't repented yet. I'm going to help somebody right here. Notice that we've worshiped God, we've submitted to his will, and now we're asking him for things before we've ever repented. Here's why I believe that this is, this is the process that Jesus gave us. is because Jesus wants you to know that you are his son and daughter, that he, was, he is still working in your life, and he will still give you everything you need before you have to grovel at his feet to ask for forgiveness. I just, helped, I just helped some people right there. That's a word from the Lord. The Lord wants you to know that you don't need to come to me first thing like I'm so sorry because I know when you do that, what you're thinking is I'm not going to give you nothing until you've made everything right with me. But, but I'm your father. I will provide for you and I will let my will be done in your life. And, and you don't have to come to me asking forgiveness for me to still love you, still be your father, and still provide for you. God's showing us something in this process. That prayer, prayer is not about me just trying to make myself right all the time.
That's a good word. That's really good word for our religious culture. Because our religious culture tells us that God won't do nothing for you if you ain't right. Oh, your back hurting, you must be sinning. Oh, Lord, your tire blew on your car. You, are you faithful in your tithing? Oh, your kid's going crazy? Well, what did you do? We, that's, that's the mindset that we live in in our religious culture. But Jesus is showing something in the process of prayer that I'm your father. I'm your provider. I'm your lifeline. Now, you, you need to repent. But that repentance doesn't open the floodgates. My love for you has already opened up the floodgates. That repentance doesn't open provision. My provision's there for you. I love you no matter what. And see, it's that love that should drive us to say, Lord, forgive me for all of my sins. You're a good father. You're, you're a good, good father. Your will is better in my life than my will. I, I submit that you know better than I know. I submit that you are better than I am. I submit that you know the things that I need before I even ask. And Lord, this is what I need today. Give me today what I need today. And because I know you'll do all that, Lord, I'm sorry if I said something I shouldn't have said. Lord, Lord I'm sorry if I did something I, I shouldn't have done. I'm sorry if I thought something I shouldn't have thought. Watched something I shouldn't have watched. Heard something I shouldn't have heard. Spoke in a way that was unbecoming of a man of God. Even thought it, Lord, because I know that you see the intent of the heart. And so, Lord, forgive me for my thoughts. I'm, I'm, I'm asking God to forgive me, not because I'm trying to make sure we okay. You, you, you've been okay. And you're going to be okay. But you better come to the Lord and ask repentance. Listen, I ask repentance for my soul. That's for my soul. God said, I'm your father. I love you. I'll provide for you. I'll let my will be done in your life before you ever come to me asking for forgiveness. I'm already those things to you. Your sin does not disqualify you as my child. That's a good word. That's going to set somebody free this week. That's going to set somebody free this week. He said, Lord, forgive us. Forgive our debts. Forgive our trespasses. Forgive what we owe. You know, and a, a debt is something that, that, that you owe. It's a, it's, a, it's a price that you owe. You, you, you got something, and so you owe something. If you know it, you owe it. That's a debt. So, so, so I, I got something, and so I owe a thing that I, I'm, I'm indebted to you. So, Lord, forgive us our debts and trespasses. A trespass is where I go somewhere I'm not supposed to go. A trespass speaks of boundaries. We see there are no trespassing signs. And so a, a, a trespass is a, is a boundary issue. Lord, I went beyond my boundaries. I, I, I went outside of my fence. And so, Lord, forgive me for I trespassed in that area. But then he says, as I'm, forgive, as I'm asking you to forgive me, Lord, as I forgive others for their debts and trespasses. 
against me. That I'm asking you to release me from those things that I did. But in the same breath, I am forgiving people who owe me and who went outside my boundaries. Amen? For we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us and... He says, lead us not into temptation. So I'm starting with worship, submission, daily provision, repentance, forgiveness, protection. Lord, protect me today. Protect my mind, protect my eyes, protect my ears, or protect my family. Lord, don't, don't let me walk into some mess today. Don't let me walk into some stuff. But, but I'm, 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 I'm asking you to watch over me today. My coming and my going. Amen? And then uh, it doesn't necessarily uh, quote this in Luke, but in all the other Gospels, you, you will see this portrayed that he ends, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen and amen. So I begin with worship and I end with worship. My, my prayer time should be bookended by worship. So I'm starting with worship. I'm going through my prayer time, and then I'm ending with worship. This is, a good, this is a good blueprint for how I'm going to pray. And, if, and, and if, you, if you don't pray now, you not have a consistent prayer life, and you just start saying the Lord's Prayer every day, just take your time, say it, say it intentionally, say it with a sincere heart, that's a good start. You got to start somewhere. Amen? Now, let me read for you. A few things not to do. Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 7, and I'm almost finished today. Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 7, he says, But when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do. This is chanting. So, so if you look this up, you're going to see that it was a pagan, uh, like pagans would chant. You know, they would go into these seances, and they still do it today. You still see people doing it today in different cultures, different as a form of worship, they go into these chants and they just say the same thing over and over and over and over and over again, over and over. And it's like repetition. This is what the prophets of Baal were doing on the mountain with Elijah. They were, the, the, the Bible says that they put themselves into a trance. They over and over and over and over and over again. Jesus said, don't, don't do that. Don't self-induce a spiritual moment. Let me say that again. Don't self-induce something. If the Lord wants to touch you, he going to touch you. But you can fake it as well. Don't use vain repetition like the heathen do. For they think they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be ye not therefore like unto them, for your father knoweth what things ye have need of. And he goes again and he says the same thing, but delivers from evil, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Verse 14, for if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly father shall also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. That's very powerful scripture. Matthew 6, 15, you should write it down. It should be one that you read all the time. 
Because if you can't forgive people for going outside your boundaries, God said, I, I really can't forgive you for going outside my boundaries. Yeah. Mark 11, verses 24 and 26. Mark 11, 24, 26 says, Therefore I say unto you, what things ye so des whatsoever ye desire, when ye pray, believe ye receive them. And ye shall have them. Praying is not enough. Do you believe that you're going to have what you prayed for? Now, if you're praying for some foolish stuff, okay, if you're praying for some foolish things, that might not come to pass. But if you're praying for things that you know are God's will, you feel like there's, they're God's will for your life, and you know that those things are biblically based prayers. If you believe that you have it, he said you'll have it. Yeah. And when you stand praying, forgive, verse 25 of Mark 11. And when you stand praying, forgive, if you have aught against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you of your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. Are you seeing a a pattern about prayer. Prayer, almost every time mentioned in the New Testament, prayer is attached to forgiveness, forgiving others. Yeah. Yeah. It said, um, a pastor friend of mine posted this week, I think I shared it, it said, uh, something to the effect of forgiveness is, is how I'm, God forgiving me is how I'm saved. Me forgiving others is how I stay saved. Now, I'm going to end with this today. But what if, and uh, I know some people could probably raise their hand, been in this situation already, uh, have been probably repeatedly. What if I don't know what to pray? What if my situation is, or my, the, 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 the thing in my life, or the, whatever I'm praying about, what if it's like so complex that I just don't even know what to say? I don't know how to pray, and I don't, and I don't want to pray amiss, but I don't even know the answer. Anybody been there before? If you just by the raising of your hand? Yeah, I just don't know. So I'm just like, I'm struggling on the, pro like, what should I pray here? I don't even know what to, what to pray. And our lives bring this, this situation up many times in our lives where we're just confused on, I know I need to pray. I just don't know how to pray about this. I don't know what the answer is. So Romans chapter 8, verses 26 through 27 helps us with this. He said, likewise, also, likewise, the spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So when you pray in the Spirit, the Spirit is making the intercession for you because the Spirit knows 
what the will of God is. See, the Spirit, the Spirit, the Holy Ghost, somebody say out the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is the thing that tethers us between this world and that world. It, the, the Holy Ghost tethers us between the spirit realm and the natural realm. And the Spirit can see, this is so good, the Holy Ghost can see on both sides. So the Spirit can see into my life, see everything I really need, but the Spirit can look into the spirit realm and see what God really wants for me. And so the Spirit comes in the middle and says a prayer for me that matches what I need. Oh, hallelujah. The Spirit tethers me. And so the Spirit knows so that when I pray in the Spirit, the Spirit prays the precise prayer. Not a miss, not, not here nor there. The Spirit prays the precise prayer that, I, that connects with what I need and what he knows the Holy Ghost wants for me. Oh, hallelujah. I can't pray that prayer because I'm only here. I can only see the situation. I can only see the circumstance. I can only see this. But the Spirit is here and there. Oh, hallelujah. And the Spirit sees this and that. And so he prays a prayer that merges those two things and brings me in right standing with the Holy Ghost. That's why you need the Holy Ghost. So you can pray in the Holy Ghost. When you don't know what to pray, pray in the Holy Ghost. When you don't know the answer, pray in the Holy Ghost. The Spirit knoweth what both things need. And I have many times started in the, in the flesh, but ended in the Spirit. Amen? I know many of you have as well. Where I started in, in understanding. And Lord, I need this and need that and this is happening. Lord, and that's happening. And pretty soon somewhere the spirit comes in and goes, look, I'm, I'm better at this than you are. <laughs> and, and, and you really need an answer here. So scoot on over, boy, and, and let me talk the talk. Yeah, because when you come into that courtroom and you're the defendant, I got some lawyers sitting here. I'm always scared of the lawyer section. Be judging me. Don't judge me. When I go to the courtroom, I don't know how to talk to the judge. I don't know how to, uh, I, I, I'm just the plaintiff or the defendant or whatever. And I'm just, I don't know how to speak that. I don't know how to object. I think a sustain is a pedal on the piano. He says sustain. What does that mean? You're holding it down? I don't understand it. I don't, I don't speak the language, but, but the lawyer does. That's why I don't talk in the courtroom. Better for me to keep my mouth shut, ain't that right? And let the lawyers do the talking. So I sit and I wait, and the lawyer talks the language of the court. The lawyer speaks the language of the judge. He speaks that language. I'm just, I, all I have to do is give him a voice. That's why, the, that's why I do not believe that the Holy Ghost is not language. The Holy Ghost is not a feeling. No, no, no. The Holy Ghost is a voice. You have to give the lawyer a voice to speak for you. The lawyer speaks to the judge in the language of the courtroom. He speaks to the judge. The judge hears the lawyer and delivers me. But what's crazy is if you know how the deity of God is, he is the lawyer. And he's the judge. 
He's on, you see, he's on both sides. He was all God and all man. He's in both worlds. He's the lawyer. He hears my complaint. He says, all right, we're going to deal with that. He speaks to the judge, but he is the judge. He's in both worlds at the same time. And the way that I get him to speak for me in my prayer is when I pray in the spirit. You need to pray in the spirit. You know what? You don't know what your children need and neither do I. I really don't know what my children need. So I, when I pray for my children, I pray in the spirit. Because I don't, I don't really know what they need. They're individuals. I don't know what God's doing in their life. I, I wish I did. I'm trying my best to raise them, but I don't really know. I'm, I'm very careful to pray for my children in, in understanding. I pray for my children in the spirit because the spirit knows both worlds. And you know what? I trust God that he's better at their future than I am. I don't pray for this church in understanding. I pray for this church in the spirit because I know what I want, but what I want may not be what God wants. I feel like I'm pretty close, but I'm not exact. And souls of men are too important not to be exact. You hear me? The, 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 the future of this church is too important for me to be yeah, close. No, 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 no. I, I need to be bullseye. So, so when I pray for this church, I pray in the spirit for this church. I, I, I very little pray with my own understanding because the Lord knows what my heart is. I don't have to sit there and give him every detail. He knew it before I even started praying what I feel. But when I pray in the spirit, now I'm connected with both worlds and the spirit's praying for me and the spirit knows the will of God. And so we bring those two things together and the Lord opens the doors here and the Lord opens the doors there and this happened and that. And sometimes I'm like, Lord, I don't know what you're doing because I'm blind to that side of things. However, I have a spy. And it's the Holy Ghost. I have an inside track. I know a guy that knows a guy. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I, got, I got a real good connection. So, so I, what I do is I don't stress out too much because I'm like, you know what? I prayed about this. I believed on this. I prayed in the spirit. About it. I know God's doing what he's going to do. So I'm not going to sit here and lose my mind because I know God is not going to let the church fall apart because it's his church to begin with. And so, Lord, whatever you're doing... I'm good with it. If it's you, let's go. Let's make it happen. Amen? And this is the power of prayer to the saints. Would you stand with me? And before we dismiss today, would you just begin to do this? I pray this word was an encouragement to you today. Thank you again for tuning in to Truth Chapel's podcast. If you have not yet, please take a moment and leave us a quick review. God bless and have a great rest of your day.